Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everybody and welcome to In The Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan J. Frederick and uh, we're coming to you for the second time in three days. Um, if, if, you, uh, if you heard our post show of UFC 272 that we did with Garrett Gonzalez on uh, Saturday night, I want to thank you for subscribing to the Patreon and for those people on the free feed, uh, we're actually going to slap that on at the end of this show um, just to kind of give you a taste of the kind of content that you can get on the Patreon. We won't do this every month, but we're going to do it this time and give you a free sampler. And, uh, and then, you know, if you like it, uh, check out all the uh, excellent content we have on the Fight Game Media Patreon, which is uh, can be found at patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. It's only five bucks a month, and uh, you get uh, almost a show a day from uh, all the people here at Fight Game Media. So, uh, but yeah, so UFC 272, we gave all our thoughts. We uh, did just just over 45 minutes with um, with Garrett on Saturday night, but we didn't actually, you know, just kind of run down the complete results of the card. Um, the main card, uh, you know, I think we got to all those. Colby Covington, United decision over Jorge Masvidal. Rafael Dos Anjos, United decision over Renato Mocano. Bryce Mitchell, United decision over Edson Barbosa. Kevin Holland, second round TKO over Alex Oliveira. And Sergey Spivak uh, ended Greg Hardy's UFC career with a uh, first round TKO in 2 minutes and 16 seconds. Ryan, uh, I assume you got it up there. Why don't you uh, go through the prelims and just highlight anything a note? Yeah, yeah. The prelims of uh, the show started off with a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Dustin Jacoby beat uh, Michael Oleksajic, uh, unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty eight all around. It was a really good, really good fight. Jacoby's now still unbeaten since coming back to the UFC. Uh, he's got five wins and a draw. Draw. He should be ranked and should be getting some ranked opposition next. And he's he's looked really good since coming back. Uh, we had a next fight was a lightweight fight, split decision. Ludovic Klein beat Devontae Smith. Upset there because. Klein took the fight on like a week's week's notice, but just outstruck Smith throughout. Uh, we had a flyweight fight, another kind of upset. Tim Elliott beat Tagir Ulenbekov, a decision, the decision 29-28 scorecards all around. Uh, Elliott admitted to doing a couple couple of cheating maneuvers during the fight. You know, if you ain't <laughs> cheating, you ain't trying. If you ain't, if you don't get caught, you might as well keep going. So, so but a big win for Elliot. Elliot there because Ulan Beckhoff has looked really good. Uh, one fight we really talked about the other other night, but a featherweight fight. 
uh, cousin Umar and Amar Gamadov uh, submitted Brian Kelleher in the first round with the rear naked choke. Absolute domination. And Kelleher's really good, really good, really tough veteran. So this was just this is just a smothering. And just cousin Umar is going to be a threat before too too long. Uh, another fight we talked a lot about the other night. Uh, women's flyweight fight. Marina Moroz beat uh, Maria Agapova. Submitted her in the second round with an arm triangle choke. Absolutely dominant round. Uh, our dominant win by Moroz. Need to, these two used to be training partners. They're kind of heated rivals, but but they seem to be getting along during the week. I think maybe that was more more morose with everything going on in her home country of Ukraine. Kind of just like you know this whole this whole feud isn't worth it considering there's bigger bigger things going on. But Dean Thomas, who is a coach at American Top Team, he was doing commentary and he said this this fight went exactly like a lot of their sparring and training sessions where Moreau's just dominated Agapova on the ground. Uh, we had a light heavyweight fight, split decision. Uh, Nikolai Negromano uh, split decision over Kennedy and Chuck Wu. And I got the, I have no, pr- I have no problems announcing those names, pronouncing those names. I, okay. So, you know, you know where I was going there. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the Chuck Wu got a, got a, a point taken away in the third round. And, uh, you know, two, two of the judges gave Negromanu uh, two rounds, and the other judge gave Nchukwu all three rounds. I actually scored it all, all three rounds for Nchukwu as well. I don't see how Negromanu won two rounds, but it whatever. It was not the most exciting fight. Uh, we had a very important strawweight fight. Marina Rodriguez uh, split decision over Jan Zionen. Uh, it was, that was a really... Really good fight. It was close, could uh, back and forth. Uh, Rodriguez kind of took over towards the end of the second round, and I thought she won the last two rounds to get a decision. And uh, she should be fighting the winner, but winner of the fight between Rose Damianis and Carla Esparza next. And then another fight we talked about uh, closed out the prelims. Lightweight fight. Uh, Jalen Turner finished Jamie Malarkey with punches in the second second round. A really exciting fight. They were it was back and forth on the feet. Uh, Turner. Big lightweight, four wins in a row. Uh, he he should be getting a highly, highly touted opponent next. So yeah, some good prelims on the show. I think the big story from the prelims, especially for gamblers, was the the underdogs were like six and two on the prelims, but then on the main card, all the favorites won. Um, and uh, I got a nice parlay out of that. But um, yeah, the uh, Nigamaranu uh, Kennedy fight. I I think I scored it. Um, I think I actually scored it for Nigamarano as well. I think I gave it to him uh, 29-28. So, but but I was surprised that there was no judges had a draw cuz there very easily could have been a draw in that fight and uh nobody scored it that way. So, so yeah, that was uh that was the UFC. Uh, I think we did the bonuses the other night, but just in yeah, case we yeah. didn't. Uh Colby Covington and Masvidal, yeah, they fight the night and then Kevin Holland and Marine Rose got the uh the performance bonuses. So, so that was UFC 272. Stick around after the show for uh, our recap with Garrett. And if you've already listened, you can just end the fight when we uh, when we sign off. So uh, we we always uh, we we switched our format up a little bit on our last week's show. In case you missed it, and uh, we're going to start off um, these shows now with our we got to talk about segment. And uh, our We Gotta Talk About segment is something that at different points in this past week, neither one of us really wanted to talk about, but we kind of got to talk about it. And this broke 
basically as we were recording last week, it's funny how that happens a lot. Um, but as if you're listening to this, obviously, you know, uh, the story about Cain Velasquez and, the, you know, just the horrible situation that he got himself involved in. But Ryan, just in case nobody knows, why don't you just give us the 411 there? Yeah, well, uh, Cain Velasquez, okay, this is a long and tough story to get through. So, Cain Velasquez was sending his children to a daycare. He employed a, a woman who ran a daycare out of her house. Hang on one second. Okay, I'm back. Uh, had to cough, but uh, uh, had a daycare. Uh, the, her son, her 43-year-old son, was uh, sexually abusing several of supposedly supposedly several of the children. And I, I mean, we know for sure that it was one of uh, Velasquez's children. When I had originally heard the story, I was led to believe that it was the the young son that was being. And then I heard, then I heard it was the daughter. But then I heard again no, the, that it was definitely the son. The police are claiming are the claims coming out it was a family member but everybody who's kind of in the know as far as they know as far as who knows Cain Velasquez all the people in the people in the in his circle that train with him at American at AKA they're pretty much confirming have confirmed that it was the son that was being sexually abused and molested by this man so the guy was arrested and released the same the same day on uh from what i heard and have read that it was on a very low bail and when i say low bail you know me paul and probably a lot of people of people listening probably make more money in a couple of days of work or a week's worth of work than than there was the bail on this guy so this it was guy like 500 had, bucks right uh yeah even Kay velasquez's uh lawyer mark garagos has claimed that it was basically no bail that he, he, the, whatever whatever is the case the guy should have never been re, been released because the story is that that he could have possibly sexually abused these children up to a hundred times which there's just there's mm -hmm. this guy shouldn't have been been allowed on the street back, you know back home uh on monday of last week they uh his parents or his his mother and his stepfather were driving him to i guess get his ankle ankle monitor and, and all that you know and uh they were chased down by kane velasquez in, a, in, a, in his truck kane was chasing them and then rammed into him a few times there's been some a little bit of footage that has come out but uh kane fired three shots you know you know with with a gun they were targeted at the at the guy but unfortunately the one person that got shot was the guy's stepfather suffered you know non-life-threatening injuries but uh kane was you know, arrested uh charged with attempted murder and a whole bunch of other charges uh he was denied bail today uh which which you know that's another part of the story because the judge because i read something about the judge who denied him bail uh you know several years ago granted bail to a guy who had murdered his infant like 14 month old child but he wouldn't 
the or he or she, whatever the ju- judges when it, you know, called called Cain Velasquez a threat to society. I mean, the the guy's fam- the guy the the alleged the alleged abuser and his family are all under a protective order right now. I don't think he would do anything crazy, crazy. But it's just it's kind of like it's it, you know you can't take you can't do vigilante justice. But there's all these like you know he shouldn't have done have gone after the guy and tried to to whatever who knows if he was actually trying to to shoot the guy or kill the guy or what and then nobody knows because because Kane hasn't spoke on the situ on the situation he hasn't had, you know so uh, all of all of the statements have been coming through coming through a lawyer uh, I read a, just another story today in Tennessee about how a former sheriff's deputy who was accused of raping a 14 year old girl struck a plea deal with prosecutors and he got no prison time and he doesn't even have to register as a sex offender. So, I mean, when you kind of hear these stories, like you want to, you want to commend Kane for going after this because or because these things, it's like the legal system is kind of failing in these situations. Yeah. You got to let the legal system do, do the works, but, but, you know, I don't want to get into a lot of my personal history, but I have very low tolerance for, you know, child molesters. Those guys, those people, kind of people don't need to be on the street. Yeah. Kane shouldn't have gone after him. Uh, Kane, you know, he messed up. And he deserves, he deserves whatever punishment he gets. I, well, you know, and it's going to be unfortunate for his family that he's probably going to do some, you know, it just depends on what happens. I could, I could honestly see in this situation, a jury having sympathy and giving him a no, a not guilty. If they actually go through with the attempted murder charges and see eight or nine other charges that that'll get them because those are, you know, stuff that's going to stick, you know, he's probably going to do some serious jail time. Uh, it sucks for his family. I get the idea of wanting to, uh, <laughs> to protect your family. Everybody does. Every parent wants to protect, protect their child. And nobody wants to see a guy who's done stuff like that to their children out on the streets, walking freely, freely. It's just none of, none of this situation is right. And I kind of just, would like to stop there. So the only thing I'll add um, is I, um, I, I can't excuse the high-speed chase and the firing bullets into a car. I totally understand, you know, well, I shouldn't say I totally understand because I don't. I, I mean, I can't, I, you know, understand what he what was going through his mind. I can only assume that he basically, you know, lost his mind. So whether or not, you know, temporary insanity is going to end up being, you know, what happens or justifiable or whatever, or that they just hope for jury nullification. Um, you know, I don't want to see this guy go away for 15 years because he was doing what he thought was right to avenge his his son um you know but you also can't send a message that it's okay to just go on a high-speed chase and go firing bullets into a vehicle um so you know i am not condoning child abuse obviously um you know when i you know i was a little vocal about this on twitter and i had somebody you know said oh this is spoken like someone that has a child molester in their family like crap like that is just stupid you know um but 
it's 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 unfortunate and you know and you've heard people say you know like i do the same thing i do worse you know i think dana white said anybody would do the same thing in his situation and i think like not everybody would do the same thing maybe you'd want to and maybe you would you know and if you did you'd probably have to pay the price for it and uh hopefully he finds uh I say hopefully because I don't want to see him go away for a long time. I don't want to see his kid grow up without a parent. And I don't want him to be labeled as a criminal for the rest of his life because he lost his mo- he's lost his mind for, you know, a few hours or however long it was. So let's, you know, hope that this ends fairly soon and uh and you know and, and it works out best for everybody. But um, you know, and hopefully this guy is never around kids anymore. Um you know, that, I mean, above all else. And if whatever Kane did makes, means that doesn't happen, well, then, you know, maybe some good comes out of it. So I don't, I don't think I got anything else to say. Do you? No, no, that's pretty much, pretty much it because otherwise I might get a little, little heated and I wanted to yeah. keep myself like, like yeah. I think I've been, yeah, me too. We, me and Paul, me and Paul, along with a few others, we've had <laughs> we've had a uh, we've had private discussions about this, and and it got a little heated to the point where I kind of t- had told Paul originally I don't want to really talk about this story anymore, but we decided to because I think we've all we've already all said our pieces, but we want to we felt like it was right to bring it to the audience and how we felt about it. So so yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with the story, and I just hope that it sucks that he was denied bail by a judge who who has given bail to to worse offenders and and more dangerous people because I don't think Kane Kane Velasquez is a threat to anybody outside of this one person. So it's just, it's just a sad situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But moving on, uh, we do have uh, a, another show, you know, because it's Saturday. So you know what that means. Um, it's uh, another fight night uh, from the Apex. Um, they're still there for, I guess, one more week. I guess the following week they'll be uh, in London. Um, but this week we've got uh, Tiago Santos and Megamed Ankaleev in the main event. Um I always say every week, I, if you ask me who was in the main event, I wouldn't know. I did remember Tiago Santos was in it because I remember seeing the uh, the uh, the things on the cage. And I, I got to say, okay, like I'm 52. My memory is not what it used to be. So there might be some people listening to this that have seen some stuff on Twitter today. And my mentions just got blown up. Um, okay, like I don't remember every single little thing that I've watched in the last 25 years. So if I don't remember somebody's entrance music or their ring gear, sue me. Okay, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. And if you know, you know. But uh, Tiago Santos and Magomed of light heavyweight fight, uh, two... Uh, Top 10 guys, um, you know, not real close to a title shot or anything, but Tiago Santos has fought for the title before, and Ankalaev is probably going to fight for the title in the future. Um, this feels like a showcase for Ankalaev, um, but Tiago Santos is no easy out, so uh, I expect it to be explosive, and uh, I expect the winner to ask for a title shot that they probably won't get anytime soon. Uh, any, what, tell me about this fight, Ryan. I mean, uh, Santos, he's got back in the win column in that a of, and that boring win over Johnny Walker hasn't been the same since the John Jones fight when he tore up literally every ligament in his knee, in his knee, just the, 
I mean, when you looked at him before that fight, you were talking about one of the most dangerous fighters in the sport because he would knock people out, 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 and those people would be out cold for a while. He hasn't done that since he came back. Came back, you know, he's been a little gun shy. I think it's, I think it's the injuries, the you know, you know, kind of. You know, kind of to the point when you're unable to use one of your legs essentially for six months, it you know, it can take a toll on you, on you mentally. But, uh, you know, he beat Johnny Walker's last time. It wasn't a great fight at all, but, uh, you know, he got back in the win column. Probably got some confidence back in him. Ankalaev is a tough out. Uh, Great takedown artist, uh, not as good on the feet as Santos is. And Santos has a really underrated and good ground game. So very interesting fight. Ankalaev, if uh, if he wins, you know, it's hard to deny him a title shot next, even even though, uh, you know, you could probably give it, you know, he'll be in the mix with Alexander Rakic and Jan Blakovic. But, uh, yeah, but... Uh, very important fight for both for both guys and and you know Alcalá's first main event. Uh, see how he adjust to adjust to Santos has been there in main events before. You know he knows how to go five rounds. He's a very good fighter. It's an interesting fight. Probably not going to be the most exciting fight in the world. You know barring Santos knocking Alcalá out in the first round, but should be very competitive. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I hope we get a, an explosive finish. Um, the uh, are like Ankalaev. Like, do you think they you know are, are they, they got him on a title trajectory? Do you think, or you know, is he still a good two wins away if he wins here? Uh, he's at most one more win away from this if he doesn't get get it. This is like the this is the natural pro- progression. It's just kind of I would say it depends what happens between the fight and Glover between Glover and Yuri, and they're about to rebook the fight with Jan Blakovich and Alexander Rakic. So it kind of just just it all depends on who comes out the winners of all these all three of these fights to to see right. know, what happens. All right, cool. Um, and there is, uh, you know, like most other weeks, it's after that, it's like a bunch of fights. So we, what we're we're gonna do here is uh, Ryan will go down the full card in in a bit, but we're gonna just kind of highlight a few of the fights that we're looking forward to. Um, so I, uh, I guess I'll go first because I and I'm gonna leave one because I know that you're probably gonna pick it, 
Um, so for me, I'm looking forward to um, JJ Aldrich and Jillian Robertson. Um, I talked about this fight when you first made the announcement that it was happening. Um, I'm a big fan of both of them. Jillian Roberts Robertson's got a super underrated submission game, much better than her ten and six record. And JJ Aldrich is just so damn likable and such like a kind of a warrior. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I'm also the opener Tafan and Jakui and. Azamat Murzakhanov. Um, Murzakhanov's making his UFC debut. Uh, this was supposed to happen a few other times. We've talked about him a few other times. Um, and he's coming off the Contender Series last year. Um, but Tafan Njikui is a guy that we've talked about a lot, was one of my fighters to watch, I think, at the end of 2020. So, um, yeah, this like, you know, super like big fight that looks like it might open the show. So, um, and then the, um, the third one is... Uh, Mr. Eight Dollars, Terrence McKinney's back two weeks later, uh, taking on Drew Dober. So it doesn't really get any easier for Terrence, but you know he didn't take much damage in that last fight. You know, finished it in two minutes, and and he's right back there against a super tough guy in Drew Dober at lightweight. And uh, this is a big like kind of no kind of like Bobby Green a couple weeks ago when he took that main event like he's got nothing to lose and everything to gain if he gets a big win here. So um, yeah, those are my three fights. Um, what do you got? Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying, said I actually think you know for for an ESPN plus card at the Apex, this main card is actually pretty pretty good. Uh, I got a and I got a quite a few fights over, uh, you know, on the card that I'm looking forward to. You kind of took one of my three, but it's okay. I got about I had a list of about five or six, so <laughs> so that's good. Uh, I'm going to start off with the main card opener, middleweight fight between Alex Pereira and Bruno Silva. Somebody's going to get knocked out in this fight. I mean, Bruno Silva, Bruno Silva's got like some ridiculous like knockout string i think he's think he's he's won he's he's won uh seven in a row all by knockout and uh he's won he's won like eight he's won 17 of his last 18 fights he's has 22 career wins and 19 by knockout so this guy's dangerous. And then we talked about Alex Pereira a lot when he got signed and before he made his UFC debut. Kickboxing champion, only guy to ever knock out Israel Adesanya. Has a couple of wins over Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. Uh, he's brought in specifically to go on to go on a run to fight Adesanya for the middleweight title. Uh, somebody's gonna get knocked out in this fight. It's just you know Pereira had a yeah. Pereira had a had he when he debuted in Madison Square Garden. He had kind of one of those one of those fights where he kind of had to get used to the wrestling in the first round, first round against uh, Andres Michalidis. But once he got you know once that second round started, flying knee and punches finished finished Michalidis in the and you know eighteen seconds in the second round. He's only four and one, four and one uh, as. In MMA, but all four wins by knockout, and you know he has something ridiculous like, like the thirty-three win kick, pro kickboxing wins and twenty-one by knockout, and he's been training with Glover Teixeira. So, so yeah, that should be a really fun fight. A, a second fight that I'm looking forward to: uh, featherweight fight, Sadiq Youssef against Alex Caceres. Uh, you got Bruce Leroy, who's 
who's honestly he's getting better and better every time every time we see him you know he just he's been with ufc forever off the ultimate fighter ultimate fighter he's had a lot of fights fights with the company but he's got five five straight wins and he's looking better every time and yusuf is a tough guy a ranked guy uh who's who has uh see he's coming off a lot off his only ufc loss which was the arnold allen which uh that's you know that's that's a tough guy right there but before that before that he had won four in a row to start his ufc ufc career he's got six wins by knockout that should be a fun fight uh I'll say that I'm not going to say this is my third fight, but the co-main between Marlon Moraes and Song Yudong. Yeah. That's a really good fight right there. But uh, I'm going to go left that with for you. my third one. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to highlight, uh, I wanted to highlight a prelim, prelim, a guy who's making his debut. Uh, it's a welterweight fight. Uh, Matthew Simmelsberger is uh, welcoming AJ Fletcher to the, to the UFC. Fletcher is a seven and O uh, got his contract on, on uh, the contender series training partner of of Dustin Poirier from Louisiana, um, knockout guy, got a good personality. He could be uh, he could be a star if uh, he keeps winning, keeps winning. So he's got a lot of potential. So wanted to highlight him. And this card actually has three fighters who fought on the contender series this year, and who won contracts who are all undefeated. So you got a lot of got a lot of interesting yeah. prospects on this show. Yeah, uh, you didn't mention Javid Basharat, right? That wasn't one of your three? No, no. Yeah, against Trevin Jones. Uh, so that's the other guy at Bantamweight. So, um, all right. So, yeah, we've got uh, – so other than um, the fights – okay, I – I, I, you know, I got to apologize to you, Ryan. I'm distracted. I finally just shut off Twitter. Yeah, uh, should, but should, uh, you should have. As long as, long, <laughs> as long as Punk didn't block you, then then I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, not yet. I, you know, I sent him a nice compliment. I sent him a nice compliment. Yeah. Um, and it's true. Like, I wasn't sucking up. Like, I mean, I, if you listen to the Dynamite show, you know I love this freaking Punk MJF feud. Like, it's my yeah. favorite feud in, like, probably 20 years. Yeah. But uh, we also got on the main card um, that we haven't mentioned, Cleo Roundtree and Carl Robertson at light heavyweight, and Bruno Silva and Alex Pereira at uh, – middleweight I, I, and now now that i say that i think you mentioned one of those is yeah for Bruno Silva. Yeah. um yeah yeah sorry I, I did hear the other two though that's why i didn't mention them um and then so what do, what do we got on the prelims other well just run them down like yeah pre, prelims were opening with uh, the light heavyweight fight you mentioned tefan nachukwi i guess azamat mirzakhanov uh we have a bantamweight fight chris mutinho who's best known as coming in on short notice and taking a beating at the hands of sean o'malley but he got really popular off that fight fight he's uh returning against uh guido canetti Got a middleweight fight, Dolce Lungiambula against Cody Brundage. Got a women's flyweight fight, Sabina Mazo against Miranda Maverick. Uh, featherweight fight, Damon Jackson against Camuela Kirk. Uh, bantamweight fight, Trevin Jones against the aforementioned Javid Basarat. Uh, women's flyweight fight that you brought up, J.J. Aldridge against Jillian Robertson. And then the welterweight fight that I mentioned that caps off the prelims, Matthew Simmelsberger against A.J. Fletcher. Yeah, and and you know what? You're right. I did not give this card enough credit. There, there's there's actually some really good stuff on this card, and uh, I mean these shows are always great. So this is on ESPN Plus. Yeah, uh, it's the same as the last couple shows. Yeah, it's a much stronger lineup. It's a much stronger lineup, top to bottom, than the last 
than the last several uh, Apex shows have been. So, so just wanted to bring that up. Oh, I just saw some other news about, uh, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but I just saw like GoFundMe. Um, they, uh, they, they blocked donations that were being raised for King Velasquez's defense fund. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. They, they, they do that stuff sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, so it's four o'clock Eastern, three o'clock central, uh, from, from the apex on ESPN plus. So again, and hopefully, you know, if things go well, it'll be another show that's over by nine o'clock, uh, our time, 10 o'clock Eastern. And, uh, also running basically head to head, um, with, uh, UFC this weekend is Bellator and Showtime. Um, that, that show starts at six Eastern, but it's a little bit shorter card and the way Bellator paces, they'll probably end after UFC. Um, and, uh, we've got, uh, main event of uh adam borix and mads burnell uh i don't imagine anybody's going out of their way to watch that but uh phil davis is is fighting i was gonna say wrestling because he probably will be wrestling him uh julius anglicus in the co-main event i believe anglicus is the guy yeah he's the guy that stepped in on short notice to fight vadim nemkov last uh last fall uh when um uh somebody had to pull out of a of a fight and uh yeah just looking down the rest of the card i there's an interesting prelim in fact i'm surprised it's on the prelim Derek anderson and goiti Lamauchi. it's two of like belter's kind of signature guys and for some reason that's on the prelims but uh not much else on this card um anything else you want to talk about from bellator probably not. Uh, i mean <laughs> not really i i you know, I I'll be honest. Uh, I didn't realize they were running a show this weekend until until I was doing the rundown because I I don't you don't hear anything about Bellator ever. Nope. These days, nothing. Like nothing. it's it's I, almost like a non-existent promotion. So when when we are preparing the rundown, I usually look at your um your column for ideas and your column it was up a little bit later this week um it's busy weekend at fight game media with all the stuff going on with the aw pay-per-view so i um i was looking through stuff and then i noticed something in my work email that was a bell tour press release that was sent to me and it was talking about all the fight week activities in uh, st louis um because this, this show is actually on the road they're not even in their normal um place Mohegan Sun where they run most of their cards this is St. Louis and you know this is a you know if Michael Chandler was still there he'd be headlining but of course they don't have him so um yeah it's Adam Borix and Mads Brunel I mean they're you know they're they're probably like top 15 you know if they were in UFC they're probably top 15 featherweights like it's not a bad fight at all uh, Borix is 17 and 1 I mean have you seen that UFC featherweight division that's, that's tough to be top 15 what? We were talking, true, true, but I mean, yeah, you know, Bry- Bryce they're Mitchell, good, Bry- yeah, they're good, they're good. But Bryce Mitchell was a fringe top fifteen guy guy until this past week, and look how great he he is. So I don't, you know, Borg's true, yeah, and you know what, uh, yeah, Burnell actually was what one and two in UFC. So yeah, maybe I'm I'm giving them a little too much credit. Um, Phil Davis is good though. I might just watch the Phil Davis fight. Um, but yeah, and there are a couple unbeaten fighters on the main card too, Johnny Eblen and JJ Wilson. So we'll see how they do. Sometimes these unbeaten Bellator guys aren't, aren't, aren't no big shakes. Um, all right. So that's the Bellator show. That is again, uh, 6 PM Eastern. So I assume that's the prelims main yeah, card probably at main card, nine. Main yeah. card's 10 Eastern time. 10 Eastern. Jesus. So yeah, this, this card starts two hours later than UFC and it'll probably end at like 
two hours, three hours later, yeah, there's it, less it, bites. I think it's probably, pacing is probably going to start when the UFC ends, and it might be still going on whenever we wake up Sunday morning with the way they pace. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably just watch it Sunday. Um, all right, so uh, oh, there's another big show this weekend. Yeah, and actually, in some ways. Um, well, I mean, the, the Santos Ancalea fight is pretty big, but for, I think for a lot of casual fans, the, the, um, the fight they might be most interested in this weekend is on, um, Eagle FC, which of course is, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's, uh, promotion. That's a new UFC hall of famer, by the way, we talked about that on the show that's going to air later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez fighting at 165 pounds, which is a new weight class for this, um, division. It's not a catch weight. I don't think, I think they, they actually will have a 165 pound weight class yeah, in this they would, uh, they, promotion. Yeah, they do. They'll have 165 and 175. Okay, because I know it's like there is a 170-pound fight on this show. Um, a guy you talked about, I was surprised, Impa Kazangani, the guy that you were surprised they cut. Um, and, he's man, he's got a tough out on this card against Raymond Megamedelayev. That's a... Like that's a UFC fight, right? Right there, um, you know. I'm I'm surprised. You know, there's a lot of names on this card. Ray Borg and Ricky Bendejas, Nashawn Burrell is fighting on this card. You know, longtime UFC veteran Ronnie Marquez. Um, yeah, it's a, this is a Manny Wallow on on the prelims actually, former uh, World Series of Fighting guy. But Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez. Um, this is the perfect weight class for Kevin Lee. Um, there is no perfect weight class for Diego Sanchez. He should be uh, retired. But, um, you know, this is should be a showcase for Kevin Lee. I'd be shocked if it wasn't a finish within two rounds. Um, and this is, uh, this is okay, this is, what is this app that it's on? The Flex app? Flexcast is what it's called. It's a, it's a free app. Okay. Free app. It's on, it's on Roku. You're, you know, if you have iPhone, it's on there, on there. But it's free, free to watch. Yeah, and that's Friday night at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. So that that's, you know, I, I assume the main card's probably going to be at 9. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's not much else going on on Friday nights. So, I mean, we got the NCAA tournament this weekend, I think. But, um, uh, but yeah, Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez, uh, big, big fight. I mean, do you see it going any differently than what I said? I mean, I don't. I think Kevin Lee's going to win. It's just, it's so, it's going to be just so weird. You know, it's Diego yeah. Sanchez. He's the original Ultimate Fighter. He's been fighting in the UFC since 2005. It's going to be so weird, you know, watching him fight, you know, without the UFC gloves or not inside the octagon. It's just, it's kind of weird. I mean, we, we, he probably still shouldn't be fighting. I'd much rather he him do this and bare knuckle fighting. I'll, I'll say that much. Yes, say yeah. that much. But uh, but man, Kevin Lee, you know. He said he's long said he he would be the best fighter at 165 pounds. I don't know that this will prove prove that if he you know if he does the job and win wins, but uh, he needs a win too. And you know I was surprised yep. the UFC, I was surprised that the UFC let him go, but also not at the same time not surprised not surprised, and especially considering his comments you know about being let go, they were way out there. Uh, I do think he'll yeah. eventually end up back there. He just he needed. I think he needed a break from that, and I think he needed some confidence wins to get back. And obviously, with Habib and his, you know, I've talked about it, Habib and his relationship with Dana and Ari Emanuel and everybody there. Like, you know, Eagle FC, 
whatever you want to think it is, it's it's a feeder promotion for the UFC. So I mean, so it's a perfect place for guys like Kevin Lee and Ray Borg and Ipica Sangane to go to to try to earn their way back and perfect for some of these other guy other guys, you know, who are up and coming to get showcased to get slots on the contender series and slots on on, you know, UFC cards. So but yeah, uh their first show this is their second show uh in the in the US. Their first show was fun. It was a fun watch. Uh, you know, production was good, commentary was, you know, when you have Chael Sonnen and Henry Cejudo as two of your four commentators, you you kind of don't know what you're gonna get. You can kind of get stuff all over the place, but but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it should be a fun show to watch. The um the the co-main is actually for the um, the Eagle FC Heavyweight Championship, and it's got a guy who we saw in the Contender Series, uh, Rizvan Kunaev. He got a finish, and but he didn't get a contract, and uh, he is uh, defending against Anthony Hamilton, who. Uh, you know, you recognize that name. He was in UFC a few years ago. He went three and seven in UFC. He lost his last fight in Eagle FC via first round KO, and now he's fighting for the title. So um, they probably could maybe invest in a matchmaker too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. But I think like other than the main event, um, you know, the one I'm interested in is is uh, Impa Kazangane and this uh, Raymond Magomedov. Um, who looks like a pretty interesting prospect, um, you know, fought in one, fought in fight nights. And uh, yeah, this will be his first UFC fight. Oh, no, because he, he beat Anthony Njikawani in his last fight in, on Eagle FC as well. So uh, yeah, a couple of interesting fights here. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of these guys in the UFC sooner than later. So um, so yeah, so that that is uh, what we got on tap for this coming week. And I guess now we can uh, look at the news. Um, what, what, what kind of news you want to highlight here? I got your column up. I mean, the main stuff this, this week was, uh, UFC 274, uh, is official for Phoenix, Arizona on May 7th. I think we, we might've mentioned that last week, but, uh, but, uh, it might've come out last, last Monday or it might've been Tuesday, whatever. But anyway, yeah, UFC 274, May 7th, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, they're probably going to add a add, they're going to have to add another big fight. And I've heard that it's pot that they could add Rose Namajunas against Carlos Barza there. There, you know, they're looking at options. That's one of the options. They need a they need another big fight because yeah, it's, you got Oliveira defending the title against Gaethje in the main event. But as of right now, your your co-main event is Shogun Hu against Ovin St. Preux. And your third from fi- third fight from the top is is Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lozon. So this card this card needs something else. Uh you know, I've heard there, you know, you know, like I said, I've heard possibly Rose against Carla, but that's not official. But you know, if if that fight gets added, don't be surprised. Uh, UFC 275, okay. June 11th, uh, you know, pay-per-view event, but it's going to be, uh, the word is it's going to be taking place in Singapore, which is very interesting Ooh. because even with all of the COVID mandates uh, being taken across, taken down in the U.S. and in several other countries, I don't know, you know, what's it like in Canada? Are, are they getting rid of mandates up there, up there in Canada? 
Um, slowly. Uh, actually, right now we we don't have to have a vaccine to eat at a restaurant, and I think March fifteenth they're getting rid of the masks. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, ban- mandates here in the U U S are pretty much you know all gone, all gone now, and a lot of them a lot of them in other countries. But from what I've read, unless something has changed recently, uh, Singapore's still very strict you know, with their COVID regulations. So it's going to be interesting if they actually go through with it, but if they go through with it, it's going to be, it's going to be a pay-per-view. I would assume it's going to be live, going to be live at normal time in the U S because anytime they run, run any shows other than their normal time, they don't do well at all. Uh, which would mean that the main, that the, uh, prelims would start at like 7 AM over there. But, uh, but as of now, when they do Australia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as of now, the uh, top two fights on the card, two title fights, uh, light heavyweight title, Glover Teixeira against Yuri Prochaska, and uh, the women's flyweight title, Valentina Shevchenko defending against Tyler Santos. So, uh, yeah. And possibility of uh, Joanna and Zhang Weili happened on that card as well. So that's about it. That's about it. And then... Well, uh, I think... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like that to a lot of people would probably be the, the, the biggest fight on the card. Yeah. Yeah. In that, yeah, in that area. It. Right. Yeah. That's fine. That fight's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of where I think Singapore makes sense because I mean, they're not, don't know that they're going to actual mainland China anytime soon. So the closest they can get Wei Li to fight in there might be Singapore. But I, I mean, I could see that happen. It's, it's not official and it's not, I don't know that it's even been discussed for the card. I just know that that fight's been discussed, and it would make sense to me if it ended up there. But it also make sense to me if it ended up anywhere else. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, I kind of do. Um, all right, and, and uh, uh, wanted, oh, and then you got the Makachev, right? <laughs> I wanted to bring up Islam Makachev because because there's a there's a lot going on there's a lot going on with him so earlier in the week we talked uh dana white was doing an interview and he's talking about how he's going to rebook the dariush fight benil dariush he uh he his leg injury uh he doesn't need surgery so he's probably gonna be back sooner than everybody thinks possibly in the summertime anyway and now they're gonna now instead of giving makachov the title shot after his 11th straight win you know when he should be fighting for the title they're gonna rebook this fight and i don't know that this is true but i like to you know i like to read the tea leaves on some on some stuff sometimes sometimes and come up with things and uh and you know and makachev himself said said that you know uh that you know he doesn't said something about dana but anyway, when when the whole situation happened last week with Rafael Dos Anjos losing Rafael Fiziev as his opponent for this past weekend's show, uh, the first choice all along was Hanato Moicano because they did ask they did ask Makachev after after the fight after the fight if he would be willing to take it because they knew on Sunday that that Fiziev was sick. That I don't think they knew. They knew that he had COVID positive until Monday, but uh, they knew there was a possibility he wasn't going to be able to fight. And Makachev, you know, and his team said no, no originally. So they went with they were negotiating with Moicano and all that. Then all of a sudden, when Fiziev pulled out, Makachev starts or 
Makachev or Ali or whoever was dealing with his social media starts talking and talking and talking about wanting to take the fight. You know, he's trying to bluff bluff Dos Anjos, but Dos Anjos was literally saying yes to everything that was uh, that was offered. And, you know, Makachev, Makachev or whoever says we'll take you know we'll do we'll do the fight and dos Anjos is like 165 and then makachev or whoever shot back 170 and dos Anjos was like yes you know basically calling out all the bluffs whenever they had no intention of taking the fight but because the ufc saw that there was you know there was actual actual discussions of actually making the fight making that fight but then they found out that no whoever's doing that yep. is just trolling and they have no intent <laughs> so that kind of pissed somebody off that kind of pissed Dana, okay. Dana off because Makachev you know he kind of shrugged off today today basically you know about about Dana White's claiming that he declined the Dos Anjos fight, fight and Makachev said he can say whatever he wants which kind of tells you the story that yeah, they tried to make that fight, and and you know after all those comments, and he said no, and it pissed some people off. So, so I guess his punishment now is yeah, he's going to have to fight Darius for for if he wants to fight a title. So basically, what I want to say is if you know if you're a fighter and you go on social media, you know claiming that you'll step in on short notice, you better actually be telling the truth. Because if they, because they call, they will call everybody who offers to step in on short notice. And if you're publicly offering on short notice to to step in, and then they call you and you say, "No, I'm just kidding," or "I'm just trolling," you're gonna piss them off. Like it's, it's there's no two ways around <laughs> it. You know, it's like, it's you know, it's stupid. What the whatever Makachev and his team were trying to do there, they just they 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 blew it. You know, it's it's like that Billy Madison, yeah. that Billy Madison, thing, you know, part of Billy Madison when he has his, his buddies call, you know, his little kid buddies call, you know, Miss Vaughn to ask on a date, date and then they hang up and Billy Madison yells at him, you blew it. I mean, that's basically what it, what it was. So just, yeah, if you if you're a fighter and you're not serious about taking a fight, but you're volunteering to do publicly, publicly, just don't do that. Just 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 say no. That's all you had to do. They're not yeah, going to be exactly. They're not going to be mad. They're not going to be mad at you for saying no. They're going to be mad at you for publicly saying yes and privately saying no. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, okay. We got fight announcements. And uh, did we did we talk about Gilbert Burns and comms out last week? It, I feel like uh, we did, but I the, the, I, I mean, know when I saw it on the UFC broadcast, I was shocked. We we've talked we've talked about it like that it was going to happen that was going to happen and okay. I think I think you know it was it's long been rumored for UFC 273 but it was just made official on you know uh, I can't re- Dana did that interview with John Morgan and I can't remember if he did it last Monday or last Tuesday and I can't remember if we talked about it last week or or, or not because he he confirmed that fight you know in that interview it might have happened on t- Tuesday but yeah that's official for UFC two. 73 and that is a stack card right there in jacksonville and that's a huge fight that is it's a big fight you know yeah and uh yeah so i'm i'm really looking forward to that one the other one that stuck out to me from your the ones you have here is uh cynthia calvillo and uh brianna fortino 
uh, on June 4th. I don't know if there's any other ones you want to highlight there. Yeah, that's uh, Calvillo. She's going back to straw weight against uh, Brianna Fortino, who was formerly known as uh, Brianna Van Buren. Uh, she, she hasn't fought in over two two years, maybe three. Uh, I know she got married, got married, had a child and, you know, this will be a return fight. Uh, we got a couple, couple of ones for UFC 274 on May, on May 7th, uh, Francisco Tornado against Danny Roberts and then Randy Brown against chaos Williams in a welterweight fight. That should be fun. Uh, two fights for the Columbus card, uh, Jennifer Maya against man and Fioro and a uh, replacement, uh, Nate Landwehr, who was originally supposed to fight Lerone Murphy, but Lerone Murphy's out with injury. And David Onama, a guy we talked about who, who just fought, who's got a lot of potential. He's going to fight Nate Landwehr. So that should be, you know, that should be fun. And then um, just because we like talking about sloppy heavyweight fights, you know, those are some of their in the clinch favorites, especially Jake Collier is one of our. You know, favorite oh, yeah. favorite heavyweights to talk about. Jake <laughs> That's Collier, gonna he, be a fun fight. He signed a new he signed a new four fight contract with the UFC and he's fighting Justin Taffa on April thirtieth. So other than um uh what's his name? Curtis. Uh that might be my favorite story of the last like since we've been doing the show, maybe. Uh what's his well, name? Chad Chris, Curtis or is Chris it Curtis. Cliff Curtis? Chris Curtis. Curtis Curtis. Chris Curtis. You mean Jake yeah. Collier? Yeah, Jake with the baseball player. Yeah, Jake Collier above above Huggy Bear. Huggy, Huggy Bears break. Uh, you know what? I think I do. I think I do. Because when I saw Jake Collier fight, uh, who was it? Um, uh, oh, former middle, former middle, uh, John Volante. Like the yeah, two of them, they, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, that, I mean, and I thought like, why am I watching this? And now I'm like looking forward to Jake Collier. So yeah, I, I think, but it's close. I, I like Huggy Bear too. That would be a um, fun fight. So to when see. I was looking. That'd be a fun fight to see eventually Jake Collier and uh, Chris Barnett. So <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. When I was looking at the uh, the rundown of of all the shows that are coming up this week, and there's a lot of them. Um, you know, we got an LFA show, we got PFL challengers, we got one Invicta. Are they back on UFC Fight Pass? Is this uh, correct? Or do that's you... what the that's what the tapology said. I know it's on MMA Junkie. So uh, okay. So I I don't I mean, know. It could be. I, mean... I, don't, I actually don't know if it was on UFC. If it's actually on UFC okay. Fight Pass, I'll just say that that's what that's what the tapology page for the for the show said. Said I haven't looked on UFC Fight Pass to see if it's on the schedule, but I know it's it, on. It MMA could Junkie. even be a situ- Could even be a situation where like UFC is not even paying them and they're just like giving them the showcase because yeah. they're going to steal all their best fighters anyways. Yeah. So um, yeah, it always made sense to me. Like as long as UFC is not paying for it, I don't see why they wouldn't put it on their on their uh, streaming service. So um, all right, so that is. That is uh, pretty much going to do it. Uh, a little bit shorter show than usual, but we got the um, the UFC 272 review coming up right away. So um, if uh, you know, and if you want some really quality entertainment, well, I, I would tell you to go and look at CM Punk. Uh, call me out on Twitter, but he actually deleted the tweet. So, uh, but my mentions have not stopped. So, um, but it's been a fun day and a fun weekend, and uh, we got uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up this coming weekend, and we'll talk about it all next week when we come back. So, Ryan. Why don't you take us home like you always do? Uh, before we get in the review, everybody enjoy the fights this week and have a great week. Later and stick around. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA show on the Fight Game Media Network. And we are coming to you live on the, well, taped on the Patreon for our monthly special. Oh and of course, we're recapping UFC 272. 
Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. And it's myself and Ryan. And we got special guests, the boss man, Double G. Garrett, how are you doing, Garrett? What's up? This is my uh, second podcast of the day, and I don't think this one's going to be two hours long. So I'm excited. <laughs> and you're talking uh, to less interesting people than Brian Danielson, but. <laughs> He is he is very interesting. I, I agree with you, but I would imagine if we were doing a UFC recap, uh, him bringing up all the different uh, books that he's reading during during an MMA recap is probably not the best thing. So I'm glad I'm talking to you guys instead. But yeah, that that interview was so much fun. Like, uh, you know, we, we we don't have to talk about it a lot because we 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 are here to do a job, but. Um, you know, I think it, when you think about the people or, or the, the pro wrestlers or the fighters, in a sense, like who are your favorite guys over the year, over over the, the, you know, the last several years? And he has been pretty much my guy since about the mid-2000s. So to actually have a conversation with him was, was cool. I was like, oh, you know, he's an interesting guy. It'll be fun. You know, this is going to be catnip for Dave. Like, he, he, this is going to be great. But he like actually over delivered like what I thought was gonna happen, which was pretty amazing. Like he was just way better than I even realized. And by the end of the show, you know, we're getting to two hours. I usually try to wrap Dave up at about one twenty, one thirty. And I was just like thinking, I was like, this is too good. I can't wrap it up. I have to figure out how to do it in two shows or Whatever it was, and then Tony Leader was like, "Nope, just keep going. We'll figure it out." And so we we figured out the uh, the file size. But yeah, it was it was so much fun. I'm really looking forward to listening to that. I, I'm probably going to get to it tomorrow. I, I'll be honest, and this isn't just a cheap plug. I've been listening to all the great stuff that's been on Fight Game Media this this weekend. So um, there, there's been some, uh, you know, we got some good stuff on on here. So yeah, you uh, and Maraca was... have been the the people who've been uh, <laughs> listening to everything, which is. Yeah. Great for me because, you know, I can listen to bits and pieces when I'm doing the editing, but um, then, you know, you guys can kind of tell me your thoughts as, as we try to improve and try to make all the shows as as, as best as we can. I'm just enjoying it, dude. So uh, I, if I have anything, I'll tell you, but I'm just, I'm just liking what I'm hearing. Uh, but we, yeah, we are here to talk about UFC 272, uh, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Um, and but before we get into the the show, um, we got a special announcement, uh, which I think you know is probably the biggest news to come out of the show, and it is that uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, former UFC lightweight champion, is going to be the headliner in the UFC Hall of Fame class of 2022. Um, they announced uh, they had a nice little video package for him. They had uh, Michael Bisping, you know, saying some really nice stuff about him. He was there. Um, you know, the fact that he's from Russia could have been dicey, but the crowd treated him with respect. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've got the press release right here. I won't read the whole thing, but some of his uh, thing, he's got four title fight wins tied for the most in UFC lightweight division history, 12 lightweight division wins, the longest win streak in uh, tied for the longest win streak in lightweight history, 13 consecutive wins, 21 takedowns in a single fight, 59 takedowns in his career. Uh, yeah, uh, 12908, like an hour and 30, third most control time in UFC history. Um, and he had 88 significant ground strikes, which is the fourth most in a single UFC bout against Michael Johnson at UFC 205. And yeah, he's, uh, you know, he just retired like, you know, what a year ago and, uh, officially, uh, had his last fight, uh, you know, 18 months ago. But, uh, Ryan, did you have any sense this was coming? 
Um, no, I mean, I knew Hall of Fame announcements were, were coming, but they keep, they keep those kind of pretty close to the vest about who, who they're going to, who they're going to announce. So I had no idea it was coming. Uh, I think it's a little early for Habib, but I mean, he was going to go in one day. I think, you know, his career just ended and just ended. And, you know, with everything going on overseas, overseas, maybe now wasn't the best time, but he was going to go in one day and he's definitely deserving. I mean, if you want somebody for modern wing to headline, I would have maybe gone Anderson Silva, Silva, but that's just me. But yeah, he's definitely deserving by far, by far. And, yeah, I mean, I have no objections to it at all. And, you know, he's had a great career, great career. So that's all that, in the end, that's all that matters. He joins Forrest Griffin, BJ Penn, Uriah Faber, Ronda Rousey, Michael Bisping, Rashad Evans, and George St. Pierre as modern era inductees. Uh, Garrett, uh, you got any thoughts on this one? I guess I was just wondering, I know that there's not a panel of folks probably who decide what what's going on and they follow these strict guidelines you know like sort of a major league baseball or an M- or an nba or a pro football hall of fame is it just maybe dana and a couple of people who put these together like how do they actually come to agreement on who goes into the hall of fame i think it's dana hunter campbell sean shelby mcmaynard and a few other high-ranking people craig we're sorry and just kind of just sit around and be like all right who are who are we gonna induct who can we get who are we on good terms with right now you know because that makes a difference because that's why frank shamrock hasn't been inducted but yeah that's pretty much just a small group of people who decided it and i i mean it makes sense i i guess the 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 way that i would sort of think about it is who's dana kind of chatting it up with or you know who, who's kind of in the in, in his memory as far as like oh you know this this person had been talking to this person and we should probably do it like i, I guess uh you know I, I don't know how mma fans or ufc fans feel about it though like are, are there people clamoring like oh you know there are all of these people here who should go in before habib and he'll go in he'll be he'll he's like a easy Hall of Famer, but there's these other people that we kind of need to induct first. I don't imagine that there's a ton of people doing that. I it feels like the only time people talk about it is when there's actually announcements made and when the ceremony happens. And then after that, it's like like you can't really even remember who's in it. So so I really at the at this point, I, I it, it's just it's an extra thing to do on International Fight Week, Fight Week, and it's good for the fighters and it's good for the company. But as far as fans caring, I don't know that they do. Do I'm not saying they don't, but I don't think it's that big of a deal to the fan base. Yeah. So Ryan, you you mentioned Anderson Silva, and apparently, so I'm reading the press release. There's actually rules into as to who can go into the modern era, and yeah. it's athletes who turn pro on or after November 17th, 2000, and are a minimum age of 35, or who have been retired for one year or more. And Silva actually turned pro in 1998. So, so yeah, that's he, why. Yeah, that was thinking. The, I was thinking he was probably possibly pioneer pioneering. He should yeah. go in. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll go in obviously at some point. Hopefully, you know, soon. You know, and the Diaz's and you know, there, there's a lot of names they can come in. So I got no issue with this. I was just surprised. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, so that's going to be during International Fight Week, which is uh, July 4th. You know, it finishes on July 4th weekend, but so it'll be earlier in the week. 
And uh, so they'll be back in front of live fans, we assume. No details announced yet, but we'll get more announcements over the next couple months, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Uh, but uh, we did have a pay-per-view, and uh, it was UFC 272. This was headlined by two – actually, you know, it was a, the main event and the co-main event were both non-title fights, but they were both five rounds because, um, well, Rafael Dos Anjos was originally scheduled to fight Rafael Fizaev uh, in – uh, they were going to be headlining a fight night, and then it got moved to this card. So they they kept it at five rounds because that's what the bout agreement had been. And then when Fiziev pulled out, uh, Renato Meccano took the bout on short notice, and they agreed to keep it at five rounds. But they went to a 160 pound catch weight. So, um, but uh, yeah, but and we'll get to that in a second. But in the main event kind of went how we said it was going to go on uh, on when we did our preview on Monday. Uh, or Tuesdays, you guys listen to it. Uh, Colby Covington won a unanimous decision. Um, I, you know, it was either five rounds to, to nothing or four to one, depending on how you scored the second. I gave it to Masvidal, but it was super close. And I know I wasn't the only one that gave it to Masvidal, but most people gave it to Covington. And uh, I also gave it 10-8, fifth round. Um, there's a couple of rounds that you could have given 10-8 to, and for me it was the fifth. How uh, close was round four? Four, because there was the end, you know, I don't know, it was last minute or something where Masvidal did rock Covington and he just didn't have enough left in the tank to follow up. It was pretty clear because when he did land that shot and Covington was kind of like smiling through it and I was just waiting for him to jump on it. And I was like, no, nope, this dude just doesn't have any legs left to to finish it. Like how, how close was that for you guys? I, I didn't I didn't think like it was like close enough because I, I just thought Covington also had a moment where he, you know, he kind of rocked him and then he had to take well no the whole round was on the feet but he had um he had a couple moments where he he rocked him early so for me it was it was pretty clearly Covington Ryan what, what did you think I thought it was pretty clearly clearly Covington just because yeah Masvidal rocked him and dropped him to his knees but he didn't follow up for it because he was just too. By that point, Masvidal was completely gassed out. Gassed out, just didn't have the energy to follow follow up. And Covington had a little decent close close of the fourth, enough to where to where the knock, you know, wasn't an official knockdown, but the drop to the knees. I don't think that changed the scoring of that round at all. Did you did you score Garrett, or you just kind of were watching? No, I I had him. I had Covington winning every round. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at the media scores, and it's a, it about maybe half had Covington winning all the rounds, and then the other half had, uh, you know, Masvidal winning one, which I assume was the second, and then there was a few 10-8s mixed in there as well. One one guy actually gave two 10-8 rounds. Um, Ryan had a 49-46. I had a 49-45. But either way, it was, you know, pretty clearly Covington. And if anybody, the only, there's only one judge that gave it 49-46, and that was the second round to Masvidal. So they all gave the, the fourth to uh, Covington as well. Um, after the fight, Covington, uh, I I was just disgusted by his promo. Like, he called out uh, Poirier. But, you know, he called him Louisiana Street Trash. He's, he said, like, his kid was Connor's kid. And he's it's just so cringe, and I'm, I'm just so tired of it. Um, uh, Ryan, what, did were you surprised? I mean, it's a good call-out, I guess, but I, I just didn't, didn't care not, for not, how he did it. Not surprised. It's the only guy left here. He has a call-out. Uh, Dustin Poirier talked to us in Houston. 
he said, you know, a few weeks ago said said that that's a fight he's never going to take. Uh, <laughs> go go on, because he does he would much because he said it's a it's a guy he would fight for free for free. So he wants to he wants to get paid to fight other people. Other people. I think that was his his logic logic behind it. He'd much rather get paid to fight fight people he doesn't like or that he likes because he at least he's getting paid because instead of fighting a dude he'd fight for free. I think that's the logic behind it. But once you once you bring the kids into it, like just there's there's no going back. That's 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 crossing a line that should never be cro- be crossed. No matter who does it, no matter if it's Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, anybody. If you bring kids, if you bring the kids into it, you've you've crossed that line, and it's of the point of no to the point of no return. It's just it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So I, I had to watch the promo twice because the first time I heard it, it it was he, he was like talking too fast and. Spit in his mouth. Like, it's pretty clear that he had, whether he wrote it down, like, it was a planned call out for sure. And the only thing I was like thinking, I was like, man, you know, if he does this, like, it felt like a, like, like a fake kind of promo to me. Like, it didn't feel organic in any way. And I think, you know, some choice things like the cuck <laughs> word and that word just yeah. in general just kind of makes me roll my eyes because you kind of know uh that, that, that there's a little bit of insecurity behind that word when people use it uh so you know i i, I was just like i it, i didn't even get offended i was trying to figure out like how is this guy going to get this fight done and when when it was over i was like that's ah, kind of like a B minus for you know for this thing he's been waiting to do. He probably had this thing in his mind for the last few weeks, and I don't know. I just thought it was a bad delivery, and uh, obviously the choice words definitely offended some folks. Yeah, well he's been he's been talking about Dustin for a while, and this is probably the third or fourth time I've heard him bring bring up the kid, which is you know completely crossing the line. But everything Colby does is a gimmick from walking out to Kurt Angle's music because he, <laughs> he want because he wants the fans to chant you suck at him. That's the only, only reason and he can't, you know, he's, it's the cheap heat, the, the, I'm just going to insult the city I'm living in instead of just, or the city that I'm performing in instead of just trying to organically get hated, you know, like people, people at the point now that, they hate Connor because Connor just says says such crazy stuff that that at the point that like you know it's not a gimmick and you you can hate him for it. Colby's just a straight straight gimmick that he he doesn't it doesn't work anymore because because we've seen him getting getting beat. It's like with with Chell Chell at least had the charm. There's no yeah. there's no charm in Colby Covington. There's no redeeming qualities in Colby Covington acting the way he does and doesn't. It's just uh, it's tiring and I'm tired of. Of seeing him, I uh, I thought like before he did his call out, he did like maybe I don't know 15, 20 seconds. That actually seemed like it was from the heart, and it was actually him. And that that was like the only you know redeeming part of of the whole you know quote unquote performance. And his cornermen were were being real dicks too. Um, so yeah, this, so, but anyway. real quick, I felt like this was the time. Where if he wanted to be genuine, ever wanted to have anything genuine to say, this was kind of like the perfect moment because at least now you're done with your, with your the guy that you've been you know after for three years. But the fact that he didn't want to even even take that opportunity to be any kind of genuine, it just shows it, it just shows his true colors. 
Yeah. He's a gimmick. Um, so yeah, so it, it went the way we thought. And, uh, you know, I don't know again where he goes from here. Cause he's not getting another shot at Usman anytime soon. So it, he's looking for money fights and, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens next with uh, good old Colby. And as for Jorge, I don't know, maybe, maybe he fights Connor, maybe he fights one of the Diaz's who knows. Um, so we referred to the co-main event and it was kind of similar in a way. I mean, it was more dominant for sure. Um, Rafael Dos Anjos just tore apart Renato Moicano. Um, the ref, uh, you know, a couple times he wanted to stop it. After the fourth round, he he basically told Moicano, like, if you don't turn this thing around in 30 seconds, I'm stopping it, which I don't know if I've ever heard before, like that direct. And and he came out and he, he won the fifth round. So, I mean, I was showed a lot of heart. Dasanios kind of took it off. He knew he had the fight in the bag and he didn't didn't seem like he really wanted to hurt him anymore. Um, although he did land a couple nice shots and and hurt him a bit, but Wakano just kept coming and uh, you know, he took a lot of damage, you know, showed a lot of heart. But at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about a former light lightweight champion fighting against a guy who's fought featherweight for most of his career. So um I just uh, you know, he they kept calling it like, oh, he's gained a lot even in losing. But in for me, it was just Dos Anjos. You know, he needed a fight. He's been off for a long time. And uh, and he, he he got the big win here. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe he gets that fight with Fiziev. Um, Ryan, were you surprised at all? I know you picked Dos Anjos, so I doubt it. Yeah. You were. No, I wasn't surprised. But I have some very major thoughts on this. I think everybody failed Hanato Moicano. His Coaches failed him by letting him letting him continue to get get a beating when he didn't need to. I thought Mark Goddard failed him, you know, because if you listen to Mark Goddard, he he clearly said after the fourth, I think I'm going to stop this fight, and then yeah. uh, and then something happened between the, that moment and then the whole thirty thirty seconds is like like you've just jumped back on what you, what you felt was the right thing to do. I thought he failed in that. I thought the doctors failed failed Moicano in that. He was very clearly clearly he he was done after the third round for sure. There was no way he should have been able to come out for the fourth and even no more of a way he should have been able to come come out to the fifth. I think it was just a failure all around and and you know the the whole saying saying is, you know, the coaches are supposed to be there to protect the fighters from themselves, but the referees are supposed to be there to to protect the coaches the coaches from from, you know, messing up and not protecting the fighters and same thing with the doctors. I think just everybody from the top failed, failed in letting Moicano fight. Yeah. He showed some great heart in the fifth, fifth, but this is at, at the price of what? I mean, what's the doctor's role there? Because this doctor <laughs> basically said, you could stop this if, if you want to. <laughs> and then yeah. the referee said, well, can he see? And they said, yes. So, like, because I, you know, because I, I guess I'm a little bit more familiar with how uh, doctors w- would stop boxing uh, fights. Uh, I, I, and, I've, you know, I've seen it happen in the UFC, too. But, I, like, if I'm, if, if I have a doctor there, I want the doctor to be pretty definitive in his statement so that the referee has enough information to make a, a, a definitive call as well. And he left it a little open-ended for me. I was like, he could save this guy right now by saying, you should probably stop it. He, he's he's not seeing the punches coming, uh, at least quickly enough to defend himself. Uh, but he, he just he was like, eh, 
it's up to you. It's it's 50-50. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I wanted the doctor to be a little bit more definitive in that moment. It's the same guy that's been there for, what, going on almost 20, year, 20 years now. I think it's just he's just kind of just, you know. Let them fight, you know. I think they've got that mentality, which is the wrong, the wrong mentality to take. To to take, I think they just, you know, let the fighters fight if they want to. It's, it's not. It's Nevada's kind of gotten bad about, you know, doctors not, not stopping stuff. It's to uh, it's the doctor stoppages in MMA have gotten worse. I'll just be the first. I'll just leave it at that. The impression I had was that neither the referee or the doctor wanted to take any flack for stopping the fight. So they were wanting the other guy to do it, and neither one of them would do it. And then uh, Mark Mark uh, Goddard, uh, who was the ref, uh, even said, the corner's not going to stop this. So it's like, so he was looking for an excuse yeah. uh, to stop it. And, yeah, and his, wouldn't, so. yeah, I agree with you. His exact yeah. words were, the corner's not going to stop it. I'm going to have to. And then he didn't. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, it was it was brutal. But again, yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, if Moicano had somehow got a finish in the fifth round, then you know he'd look like a genius. But it wasn't going to happen. Um, okay, so the the rest of the main card was, uh, you know, it was pretty good actually. I think actually the the other three fights were maybe even in some ways better than than the top two. Uh, we got a really really nice strong performance from Bryce Mitchell, uh, undefeated uh, featherweight. Um, biggest fight of his career against Edson Barbosa, who, you know, you've seen on every UFC highlight reel, you know, that knockout of Terry Adam, you know, like 15, 10 years ago now, it's, you know, it's going to be replayed till eternity, but Mitchell ragdolled him the whole way. It was almost a carbon copy of the main event, uh, except even more dominant. And, uh, yeah, uh, Bryce Mitchell, you know, his wrestling just was able to take Bar- Barbosa down all three rounds landed a ton of ground strikes and, and got the unanimous decision. Um, I think a couple of the rounds were 10, eight, I think I scored at 29, 25 or 30, 25, but I mean, it was one judge had it 30, 27, which was ridiculous. But, um, uh, Garrett, uh, you saw this fight, right? Did had you seen, are you real familiar with Mitchell? Yeah. I've seen him fight uh, a couple times before. I, I think what's funny is as good of a fighter as he is, he's almost more famous for doing dumb interviews, which is kind of interesting, right? It's an interesting branding thing for him. Uh, I, I mean, I was very impressed with him. And I guess my question to you guys is, you know, how is he as real as he looked in this fight? Brian? He's he's good. His, uh, I, I want to see him against a guy who's uh, equal footing as far as striking with Barboza, but who's better at wrestling because that's always been Barboza's weak point is being able to get, get taken down. He can get taken down too easily. I mean, somebody like to see him against, you know, Yair Rodriguez or, or Brian Ortega, or, you know, some of these, even guys like, Josh Emmett or Arnold Allen before I stamp him as a legitimate contender. Contender, Edson Barboza, this is a nice win, but Barboza's like the ultimate gatekeeper. Gatekeeper, so so like you get you get past him, you're ready for the top ten guy, top ten guys. But he's uh, there's 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 still work for him to him to show that he's ready to hang ready to hang because when you get in there against. A Volkanovski or a Max Holloway, 
that's just a completely different type of fight than a fight with Edson Barboza. But uh, he's got potential. He's got personality. Uh, his post-fight promo was great. He said oh, he was going to donate. Yeah. He said he was going to donate forty-five thousand dollars to the to Children's Hospital. Dana White told him he didn't have to. That Dana would actually make the donation himself, so that way Bryce could keep his pay. That's so, awesome. So, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, he's got. He's definitely. If you, if anybody listened, saw his interview with Ariel Helwani. There's definitely some red flags about him. <laughs> about him, if he, if he's in a position to speak publicly and says some of that, some of that stuff, it'll get a certain fa- certain fan base will love him, and a certain fan base will not want to any, not want to have anything to do with do with him. But uh, he's uh, but when it comes to just fighting, he's really good, and I'm ready to see him to take the next step. A lot, a lot of guys like that in UFC. Um, what about uh, Ryan? What do you think about uh, Giga Chikadze as a opponent for Mitchell? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I wanted to, that's not a fight I would make right away. I, okay, I'd, I'd I'd let Giga get back kind of on the win on a win column because I, I don't I don't know that he could stop from being getting uh, taken down. Maybe maybe uh, do I don't know Bryce Mitchell Calvin Cater. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that could main event a fight night for sure. Um, friend of the show, well, a friend of the show, favorite of the show, I guess we'd say, a guy we talk about a lot, uh, Kevin Holland. Um, my neighbor, he, my neighbor, Kevin Holland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from, from uh, Fortis MMA in Fort Worth. Um, he uh, finally made the move to welterweight that we've been saying he should be making for like a year now. And uh, he he got a big win over Alex Oliveira. Um, <laughs> first round... <laughs> was uh i was the only person to score it for uh for kevin holland so of course my tweet made the screen um but luckily uh holland finished it like 30 I, seconds, I, I, seconds. I, I was i wanted to beat you aside the head with head with that i was just like how like how like well you said yourself it was close until like the last 15 seconds it was close until the last like 30 seconds when all of eric got him yeah. down and was threatening him with a with a choke i mean it, yeah, you know, but just... kevin holland was flexing and he said I, i'm not hurt and yeah so i i guess i i you know what i just really thought the leg kicks were doing a lot of damage and um you know they don't always you know people don't always factor that in so i just uh i thought it was super close like i mean i wasn't going to argue and you know if anybody said Oliveira, i was fine with that but yeah um, I'll, just, I'll just tell you to take your l and move on well, whatever. It doesn't matter because he won in the second. He won in the second round, anyways. But yeah, he knocked him down in the second round, and he just finished him like super quick on the ground uh, with strikes. He, he was just vicious, and he looked real good at welterweight. Um, you know, he was. Uh, you know, he was. He was a little less of the trash talking and showboating that he normally does. Did cut in really, you know, kind of nice post fight promo. Just said, you know, I, uh, I I tried the middleweight thing. Now I'm going to cut weight and fight it the weight I should be fighting at, and. Uh, and then he kind of hinted at, he says, I've beat one cowboy. Maybe I should go after the other one. And the, that got a huge reaction from the crowd. Um, but I don't think that fight's going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's a guy that's always going to get big fights because he's got a, he's got a good mouth. And, and if he puts together a few wins, he, he might get in the title mix. Um, yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring up bring up something. Uh, you remember uh, for the listeners, if you have listened, listen, y'all been hearing me be very vocal lately about getting these fight night events outside of the apex, back in front of real, real crowds. I think the time the time is now. I mean, 
I mean, the time everything's opening back up. I mean, basically all mandates across the world have essentially been been dropped or in the process process. So now's the time. I'm a little disappointed that they're doing all the April events at the Apex. And we'll see, and that there's still talk about doing at least half of the fight nights at the Apex, which is a, which is a dumb, dumb idea. Dumb idea. They need to get get everything in front of fans. And one of the reasons why I, why I keep saying that is like some of these fighters have not gotten their fair shake to fight in front of fans. We talked about Kevin Holland, how he had such a breakout 2020, and you know his you know his rise to main event main event in 2021. This is tonight's fight was the first time he fought in front of a real crowd since 2019, and look how they reacted to him. That guy, that guy needs to. We need, you know, some of these guys who, who became stars during the pandemic. They don't need to have their fights, you know, secluded to the apex in front of 20, 20 people. You know, it's time. It's time. Get these, get these guys in front of fans because you don't, you don't know who who you have who could be super super popular look at Taito Ivasa look how he's kind of come out of where Kevin Holland got a fantastic reaction tonight I mean these you know get the get your fighters in front of fans it looks so much better so much better and especially now now this is the the 11th straight sellout they've had I mean yeah. they did, did almost 20,000 people tonight in Vegas and a almost a seven million dollar gate like like get get these fighters in front of the in front of the fans. They deserve it. They don't need to be fighting in front of twenty people in a warehouse anymore. Like, let, get them out. Get out of there. Tony Khan is like throwing a parade for hitting a million, and and they do seven million. And Dana's like, yeah, it's another Saturday. Um, <laughs> Garrett, you got you got any thoughts on this one? So I was gonna mention, and Ryan basically said it. Like he, I remember him being like one of the breakout stars during the pandemic, and then that Jacare fight at the end of the year in in 2020. And I was surprised, I guess, a little bit because, uh, you know, when you see these guys who are on the rise, you're like, oh, you know, I want to see them on their climb, and and then when they get to to title contention, and then, you know, he lost two decisions uh, in in 2021. And so I guess my question is, because I wasn't following as closely, so was he a small middleweight? Is that the reason why he dropped down? And is he now thus a big welterweight? Like what body size? Like how does he fare? He like he he didn't even cut weight. Like I think there was one one time he weighed in at like one eighty three, right, Ryan? Yeah, he's. He's one of those guys like when there's people when there's people having to cut 20 25 pounds on fight week he doesn't even have to cut until until late Thursday night because he only has to lose like 2 or 3 pounds. I think he walks around like about 190. So he, yeah, he's really small small and he's he's not he was not overly muscular for for middleweight and he's got really kind of skinny legs. Legs he's not built by like a he's built like He's even built like a skinny welterweight, almost. He's and he doesn't have he doesn't didn't have the frame for middleweight, but he had just so much success that you can't you can't not fight there if you're having you're having success. And that's what I think. Like the first round against Oliveira, I think you know it was taking him some time to adjust against a you know smaller size competitor. And then once he got got the timing and all that figured out, look what he did in the second. I think he's just going to be even more dangerous at 170 going forward. So uh, he was not even in the rankings because of the, the the weight cut, but 
as like like what is based off of this win, wh- where would you put him in the top fifteen at welterweight? Uh, since I am a voting panelist, I I would not putting I would not put him in the top fifteen right away, but just uh, because he didn't he didn't fight a, a ranked guy or a guy close close to it. But you give him somebody like like he yeah he called out Cerrone and he kind of back you saw how he kind of backtracked it. But when he was doing his post fight scrum with the media, he brought up Daniel Rodriguez, who's a guy who's either at fifteen or right on the cusp. I think that would be a good test to see to see you know if he wins that then then you can jump him in the rankings and all of a sudden now you can start getting him him even those bigger bigger fights that he was getting at one eighty five until you know really even until up until the end there yeah and and uh rodriguez is on a three-fight win streak you know some pretty you know be kevin lee mike perry so you know that yeah I, I like that fight a lot hopefully they uh they make it um and then uh ryan's fight of the year uh kicked off the main card um i i the greg hardy experiment is over um he should be kicked out of ufc i tweeted out don't let the door hit your ass on the way out um, Sergey Spivak took him down, and uh, and Greg Hardy has no ground game. Him and CM Punk would, uh, you know, have a good good uh, match on the ground. <laughs> He's horrible. He's the absolute worst UFC fighter on the ground, other than CM Punk, like in history, I think. Um, and Sp- and Spivak just destroyed him on the ground, and it was over in two minutes sixteen seconds. Hardy didn't even know where he was when it was over, and I don't know where he's going to be now because it ain't going to be in UFC. This is the last fight on his contract. He's done. Um, Ryan, you gave it five stars, right? <laughs> I was joking, joking with it. Yeah, that was definitely a five star. It's a five star moment. I think I went three and a half, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, but yeah. Since I do, since I've been having fun with star ratings on MMA fights for them to help me keep track of what was good at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, uh, went how I expected it. Greg Hardy is god awful and is not a good human being being and sayonara good riddance that's all i gotta say say ali like i said his last finance contract contract loss he was out of there even with the win i don't think they would re- resign him makes too much money and he's not worth the investment bad fighter even worse person um so can we go can we go back a little bit and what was the fascination obviously nfl player for one, so there's a little bit of a name there, but somebody who's uh, more famous for something that he did bad than 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 he you know than he was for for being a football player. Like, I, I understand you know maybe you're trying to get you know some eyeballs on this guy. He's a great athlete, but unless he was just a you know. Uh, picking this thing up like nobody's business, I never understood the fascination with with him. And I mean, what he showed was is that he was probably, you know, when it came to skill set, he was one of the least skilled fighters in the entire uh, in the entire fighter list in the UFC. And it's just like you know, he's just on all these cards and you know, put on, put higher than he necessarily deserved. Like what was Dana's fascination with this guy? I, me personally, I don't know. I don't understand it. Maybe it was a fascination of, of, you know, Dana has let, 
has let other people from other sports try it just to see, just to see. I mean, you know, he let he let CM Punk do it, let James Tony do it. I don't know the fascination. I thought maybe, maybe they you know felt like felt like they could that he was going to be like a changed person, I guess, from, from the domestic violence thing. It was very clear, clear from the get go that he wasn't, he was, you know, he's not apologetic about everything in his past at all, past at all, almost seemed proud of everything, everything, you know, because he, he goes on the defense of, of, I was never found guilty. I mean, we all know the reason why he was never, never found guilty. It's not worth getting into, getting into, but uh, I mean, for what they had to pay him, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, that was more insulting to a lot of fighters, to a lot of fighters. I mean, look at a guy, guy like, look at like somebody like Hanato Moicano, the kind of beating he took tonight. And we're, you know, or, or uh, Bobby Green last week taking that main event on, on a few days, few days notice. We, you know, we're sitting here talking about, well, I hope these guys at least got six figures for, for doing what they did. Meanwhile, Greg Hardy's making half a million a fight. That's an insult to the rest of rest yep. of every, everybody. It's just, it's ridiculous. And I don't never understood the fascination with it. And I'm just, I'm just glad we don't have to deal with it anymore. I would say Garrett, you, you did, you did make one point there about saying like, if he's shown, um, like an ability for this, or I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but he did start out his career, like, you know, three straight amateur wins all, you know, in quick, like 90 second knockouts and less. And then his first three pro fights also first round finishes all under a minute. So, you know, maybe they just figured they had somebody, you know, and, and he's got a name and he's got knockout power and heavyweights, you know, was kind of a bad division. There, there's a lot of really interesting prospects now, but you know, four years ago, it was, you know, a little less, interesting than it is now so you know they they tried it and and i think yeah everything ryan said as well and dana you know trying to do a rehab story but but that was like uh, that was matchmaking though right like to well to quote rocky from rocky three like those were hand-picked guys well the guys the guys he fought like you know one guy's three and one another guy was four and oh another guy was three and oh like they weren't you know they weren't necessarily tomato cans but but they weren't going to take him down and no exactly no 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 exactly it was it was it was good matchmaking i mean and and that's what you're trying to do like they're trying to build a star and people bought into it yeah. you know and uh and then it didn't work out so that's like sage northcutt and Paige van zandt and you know there's other people they've tried this with and it doesn't always work i think i think with greg hardy what happened what happened was yeah they tried to push him they tried to give him tomato cans and they kind of the, the inhaler incident happened and then yeah. the, then he got beat by volkov volkov but then he then they gave then they gave him two tomato cans afterwards it didn't look all that good at all, at all. Though he won, and then they give him a, a fringe rank guy at the time, Marcin Tybura, who's really good. And Tybura just exposed him. And at that point, you're just like, this guy's not going to be worth worth the investment. Let's just, you know, at that point, they get, you know, he gets beat by Tybura, and then what do they do? They match up against Ty Tuivasa, who's who everybody knew, who everybody smart knew Ty, Ty was going to knock him out quickly, and then they give him Spivak, another super strong wrestler, wrestler with knockout power. At that point, I figure after the Tybura fight, they were done with the experiment. It's just like, let's 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 let him fight out his deal, deal. Let's give him guys who are going to beat him and just move on. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and and we have. He's done. Uh, I think actually his best fight might have been the Volkov fight, um, and uh, he just kind of regressed from there. Um, all right. So uh, before we go, um, well, something we we've been doing. We just started last week, and uh, Garrett, you didn't watch the whole show, so I don't know if I did you're going to necessarily participate in this. But I was we do our my, three. Wo- my Warriors get put on uh, 56 <laughs> points by LeBron James tonight. Oh my goodness! Wow. So well, Lakers aren't quite dead yet, eh? Um, so we got the, we do our three stars. We started this last week and we're going to keep doing it every week. So it's kind of like hockey, you know, where you, where you have your three star selection. Um, so Ryan, I want to go first. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. You go first last week. Okay. Yeah. So, and these aren't necessarily in, in any order. Although in this case, my first star is my first star and it's Marina Moroz. Um, she fighter from the Ukraine. She came in as a big underdog, and this was a heated fight. We talked about this last week. These two hated each other even more than Colt Covington and uh, Masvidal in the main event, their former training partners. And Moroz just had the performance of her life. And then she cut a promo afterwards where she thanked everyone for all the messages. She said she's worried about her family. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Her country's falling apart. Like She was in tears. I was in tears. Um, Just an incredible performance by Marina Moroz, both in and out of the cage. And she's my number one star. Uh, number two is uh, cousin Umar, uh, who's Khabib's cousin, who got a uh, first round submission over Brian Kelleher, who's a, who's a pretty big fighter, you know, um, and uh, moved to 14 and 0. Um, that was on the early prelims. And then my uh, my third star, we talked uh, about him earlier, Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty. Ryan, who's yours? Okay, uh, my three stars. Uh, first, Kevin Holland. I mean, we, we we talked about that, so don't need to go back into it. Uh, second, cousin Umar uh, looked looked outstanding against Brian Keller. Kind of expected him to him to look him to look good, but he looked even better than I thought. And a uh, third star, I'm going Jalen Turner. That fight with Jamie Malarkey, that was a, that was a great fight. And Turner, Turner, that's four wins in a row for for him. He's got a lot of a lot of potential. He's a he's a finisher. So yeah. Uh, He's got a very bright future, and I wanted to give him uh, some props for his performance. You're dead to me. How can you not pick Marina Moroz? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, she, <laughs> I want. I had to go something different because on it. Okay. Because honestly, I had cousin Umar and Marina Moroz in there. All right. So, okay. So, yeah, and I did so the same thing last week. Yeah, yeah, I did. I because we want to mix it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, Garrett, if you want to go back and watch anything from the prelims, these fights are actually back to back, and they're both pretty quick. Uh, cousin Umar, who's going to be a champion someday, and uh, Marina Moroz, um, who is just a little spitfire. And I met her in Saskatoon. She's she's awesome. And uh, and they, check out that post fight promo. If you see nothing else on the prelims, just watch the post fight promo and can tell I, me you didn't cry. Can I ask you guys one more question before we get out of here? Because the yep. last UFC show was all about Joe Rogan, right? Like Joe Rogan, he had to take the show off because there was so much negative publicity. So he's back, and it's almost like nothing happened. Or are we? Is is it like <laughs> everything is fine? Um, well, we're we're all good, and and it's kind of interesting that he, you know, obviously he's going to be the one that uh, interviews Colby Covington. But you know, I wouldn't want to be next to Colby Covington if I was just the person who was uh, almost canceled on on Twitter because of being racist in my prior days like that was an interesting pairing but yeah it was just, i mean is there anything gonna happen or is it forgotten is it already in the rearview mirror i mean i thought it was in the rearview mirror after 
you know, by after the last UFC was, was over because we haven't heard anything about Rogan essentially since those few days. So, so I already thought it was in the in the rearview mirror. I haven't heard anybody talk about Joe Joe Rogan since since UFC 271. So, mm-hmm. so. even even uh, Anik bringing up his name on the last pay per view, saying, "Oh, I'm texting Joe," you know, and stuff, and nobody cared. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I think it's that fan base and. Uh, you know, and I think that, like, in, in case you're wondering, Garrett, because you didn't see the whole card, like, I think that was literally the only even hint that Joe Rogan wasn't, you know, around for one pay-per-view uh, was when Colby mentioned, it's good to have you back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. That, nobody else mentioned it. So Interesting. Um, yeah, I think he's just so well-liked among the fighters and obviously the management and everything, so they just weren't going to touch it, and I guess people have moved on. No, I, he's yeah. the guy, right? Like, if you, yeah. you know, if, if you're into UFC, like, how I got into it, which is going like, oh, my gosh, I really like this stuff. Now let me go back and rent all the shows <laughs> that I missed on Blockbuster Video. Like, you know, there were a couple people who were always there, Goldberg and and he were were together for most of those shows, so it's hard to envision a UFC without him. And I think, you know, save for, I guess recently he'd been a fairly good spokesperson for the company. And uh, I just I just wonder how the uh, you know the podcast and and all those things and you know I'm, and, and this is just kind of what the internet does, right? Like. Yeah. Once they found out some some stuff, and he kind of got uh, a little bit of negative. Eh, he got a lot of negative feedback. It didn't affect his job. You, I didn't think it would. And then the internet has now moved on. And unless something else is unearthed that is worse than what we saw, then then maybe it comes back. But I think you know, I, I I'm not a, I'm not offended by him being there, and I actually enjoy him mostly because of fam- familiarity. Um, so, but I was, yeah, I was just wondering like in, in the inner circles, like how people, if, if anybody is bothered, I, I, I didn't imagine yeah. that anyone was bothered that he was back. I, I, I don't think so. And, and actually, actually people, you know, people who I know, who know that, that I cover the UFC and have this relationship with the UFC and work closely with the UFC. One of the questions I'm asked most by people is like, do you know Joe Rogan? And I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. Like, yeah, like so. I mean, so the so the fan the fans of the people who are familiar with the UFC UFC they like having Joe around. So, so I don't think it was that much of anything. I'll be honest. Like, you know, my memory is the worst, anyways. Until Colby mentioned it, I completely had forgotten about the whole thing already. So, um, I don't know if I'm typical of most people, but that's just me. The way that they introduced him on the main card, I thought was um, that's when it hit me because okay. Anik introduced him and then the camera kind of panned over and Joe had this like sort of uh, shy grin. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, oh, God, yeah. like he's back. But then when I didn't see Cormier, then I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then Ryan reminded me yeah. that uh, Cormier's mom had passed away. So that's why he wasn't on tonight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was it. Joe's back. DC was gone, but he'll be back next pay per view, hopefully. And that was UFC 272. Um, so we'll be back with our regular show on okay. Tuesday. Uh, real oh, real quick, got... real yeah. quick. I wanted to go over some uh, some of Dana Dana White's uh, post fight okay. press oh, yeah. conference yeah. conference okay. notes. Uh, uh, let me uh, 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 bonuses fight of the night they gave to Covington and Masvidal. 
which I don't I don't know why why I don't think that was the best fight of the night. But the performance bonuses went to Kevin Holland and Marina Morose. Uh, the uh, gate was a little over six and a half million, and attendance was you know, a little over nineteen thousand in between nineteen and twenty. I don't have I can't find those numbers in this thread. That's right, that's right in front of me. But a uh, few things he noted. Uh, Noted that they wanted to, they actually wanted to do the Covington and Mazadal fight in Florida, but because they had already booked this date for Vegas, for Vegas, it kind of just happened here. Here, uh, they said, uh, Joanna, Joanna was in attendance. She said she has a fight, fight book. She wasn't saying who. Dana said that they're hoping that the to book three match between Joanna and Zhang Weili. Weili, uh, he said that even though Habib was being announced for the Hall of Fame tonight, that, that he was in a bad mood, and he suspected that it was because Tim Elliott beat Tagir Ulenbakov on the prelims. Uh, uh, two other things he said. Uh, he, he says that because of everything reopening, a lot of venues are getting booked up fast, so they're so they're trying to figure out figure out where they can travel to with different cities with, for fight night events. Fight night events, like I said, they want to get back traveling all over the world, but uh, like I said, I still fear that they're going to do too many events in the apex just because of convenience, convenience, which I think is a bad idea. And the last thing, and probably the most notable thing, is he was asked about Nate Diaz. And uh, Dana said the likelihood of Nate Diaz signing a new contract with them is very good. So that will be something oh. interesting to keep an eye on. Cool. So, so and looks like about all it. The stuff. And that's all the stuff. So if you get anything, if we get anything else that comes out of this show, uh, we'll talk about it on Tuesday, of course. And uh, and then we'll preview next week's show and uh, talk about whatever news. And we'll have our we got to talk about segment uh kicking off the show and uh i got some ideas ryan and i'll talk off air and we'll figure it out but uh before we go uh garrett uh you, you already talked a bit about the daniel or i was gonna say daniel Bryan, brian danielson interview uh anything else you want to plug before we get out of here uh no well the i guess just on this patreon um since since this is this is a bonus show on the patreon i think Mike Gilbert is going to do something for Sacrifice, probably a, a solo mic show for the the Impact thing, and then uh, and then yeah, then you know our normal week kicks off uh, with uh, the the Raw '98 stuff, and then you and uh, Jeff Hawkins up on um, Wednesday night after Dynamite. Oh yeah, yeah, and then there I hear there's an, another new show that it's getting a lot of rave reviews called The Bruise News with you and uh, <laughs> you and a real handsome co-host and <laughs> yeah, do you like doing that? It's kind of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, check that out. And we got the audio up on the free feed. So and actually, if you're listening to this and for whatever reason you're not subscribed to the free feed, please do that. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, just search Fight Game Media and hit that like and subscribe button. Give us a five star review. Helps out a lot. Um, so Ryan and I'll be back on Tuesday. Garrett will be all over the place. You can see and hear him. Uh, so for everybody, for Ryan, for Garrett, I've been Paul. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.